I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Live radio. There's nothing like it. And ordinarily, I thrive on the adrenaline of it all. But this morning, it was different. And I was so nervous about trying to get as many people as I could on air to remember our dear friend and the utterly beautiful woman that was Cara O'Sullivan. So many tributes have been paid to her in the last few days on radio, on national TV news and in the newspapers and everything. And this was so important to me. So we started the show and I promptly dropped the phone lines with all the guests who were lined up and waiting. Now, normally our guests are live in studio and I've never had to hold and queue multiple lines before. So I dropped Keith Pascoe of the Vanbrugh Quartet, who I'd invited on in his role as conductor of the Fleischmann Symphony Orchestra. I dropped the line with Dennis McSweeney, chairman of the Everman Board. I dropped the line with Eileen Gleeson, CEO of Cork Opera House. Honestly, the only comparison would have been Manuel from Faulty Towers. But I know I Exactly what Cara herself would have said, because I heard her say it, God knows, often enough to people backstage whenever things went wrong in a live performance and they'd come off in a sweat and upset and she'd say, build a bridge, girl, and get over it. So I did. Kind of. Here's the abridged version of how we got on there this morning.
Well, it kind of was the only way we could start the second hour of the programme, for sure. Isn't that the case? And how beautiful to begin an hour celebrating Cara O'Sullivan by talking to a number of people. And I've actually just made a mess of the phone line. So, Connor, will you actually call these two guests back for me there a second ago? Because I dropped them by accident. And I am going to begin by chatting to Dennis McSweeney, a great friend of Cara's down through the years through the Everman Theatre, isn't it? Yes, it it was, yeah. uh, you know, so so goose pimpling there just to 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 hear those strains of uh, uh, her favourite piece. Uh, yeah, we had uh, lovely relations with uh, with Cara for years and years and years, um, and we have just extraordinary memories of her. You know, recent operatic treats with us uh, and uh, with our co-production with Cork Operatic, um, and I'm particularly remember uh, the, the absolutely grand, and I mean it in the best sense, the grand production of Pagliacci um, with John O'Brien and, and, and so on. And and I know that that was a, a special for, for Cara as well, um, uh, that uh, she uh, did say that uh, she was so pleased that the, the first uh, actual lead that she got uh, in a, in an opera was uh, at home in Cork uh, from Everyman with uh, with Pagliacci, and she just you know she just maxed it. She, it was just superb, and, and I know she loved it and she was proud of it, and 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 so were we. Uh, it it was just magnificent, and of course you know she had uh, so many other hits and and. and she really, really did, Dennis. And to be honest, I'm so sorry for myself and for everybody. I got totally thrown there by the phone system here. I was hoping to have a lovely little group chat. And yeah. I know Connor is in one of the other production rooms now trying to line up other guests for me. And, you know, that's live radio. And when something like this happens, it's the last thing I wanted to happen live on air for me uh, on a Sunday trying to talk about Kara. So thank you for holding the show and holding the fort with me while we're, while we're doing it. Uh, I know that you, of course, would have so many memories of that production of Pagliacci. That was a big production in Cork and it made a massive impact, I think, on reinvigorating an excitement about homegrown opera in Cork. And to have Cara be front and square and centre in that was fantastic. And of course, yeah. subsequently with Faust, uh, she was she was wonderful in that as well. And yeah. I know I'm joined on the line, though, by Eileen and by Keith. Uh, have I got the two of you there, guys? Hi, Anne-Marie. Hi. Oh, Elmarie. OK, Hi. right. Do you know who's actually <laughs> laughing at this? Is Cara herself. Connor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will you go out and call Dennis back for me? Thanks a million. And now I know what to do with the phone lines. OK, Cork, you know what? You just got to laugh when these things happen. And in a way, right, I started off this hour, I was so emotional, so worried, so nervous and so anxious about doing the right thing by Cara. <laughs> I'm actually... <laughs> I'm going to blame her for what's just happened, <laughs> okay? And I know we'll get Dennis back because I do want to talk to him about that. And, you know, I mean, I didn't want this to be a ponderous hour of us all weeping. I really did want this to be a celebration of friends because, you know, at funerals, isn't it true, Eileen, and it's true, Keith, when we're at a funeral, one of the things we miss is is connecting with our friends and sharing stories and that sort of thing as well. So we will get Dennis back because I know he has a story, which actually kind of ties in a way to you as well, Keith, as conductor of the Cork Fleischmann Symphony Orchestra at many's the opening of the Cork Choral Festival. You would have worked so closely with Cara. Yeah, um, Elmarie, um, I was very lucky to have had the opportunity to do that because um, being a violinist mainly, and you know, I do some conducting, uh, I wouldn't have worked with Cara an awful lot of times, but I did remember quite a few occasions when we did work together, but that was definitely by far and away the most memorable and, and wonderful experience to, to work with her, you know, uh, uh, on that piece, the very direction it suited her, her voice so well, and um, just, and she she sang so brilliantly in, this is 2017, mm-hmm. that, that was, uh, at, yeah, at the, at the gala concert, and um, I just remember it very well, and, and in particular, I, I remember her because she was brilliant in the concert after, afterwards, she, 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 she said to me, that was, Keith, that was the last time I'm going to sing Verdi Requiem. And I was thinking, that's a bit weird. And she says, and I can't do her Cork accent, but she said, because I need 
a ladder <laughs> to get up to those high notes. And I had to laugh because she, she had no problem at all getting the high notes. And it was just, and maybe just some self-doubt of crept in or something. Uh, but she was such a natural in terms of uh, an artist who probably didn't think she was that good, but was just brilliant, you know. You know, uh, today in the Sunday Independent, Kira Dwyer is also talking about one particular piece, uh, a time when Kara was singing perhaps a little bit more of an informal concert. And again, reaching perhaps for a high C. Uh, in the middle of it, she stopped in the middle of the area and said to the audience... Tis oxygen I need, and then big gasp, and off she and off she carried on. And I'm not surprised. In fact, you have given us a little clip from Verdi's Requiem from that particular concert, just to kind of explain the background to this. We're only jumping right into uh, the Verdi. We're not t- taking the entire thing. It's about a three minute piece, but we have the build up where we hear Cara's voice, and then with the entire orchestra in full swell, and I've no doubt Dennis McSweeney, who's back on the line with us again, uh, singing gusto in the chorus, you can still hear Cara's high C topping everybody. So we'll, we'll have a little listen to this. God, wouldn't you just burst with pride listening to that now? Keith, I thank you so much for sending that on. I mean, like you've sent on uh, so much to me for this morning's programme, but but listening to that, do you remember that performance? Shivers down my spine, Elmarie. Yeah, it, it's just colossal. I mean, her voice, it, 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 it was just like, she had tanks of oxygen. You were talking about oxygen. Mm. She had extra, an extra tank somewhere. It was just, there was top to sustain that note like that and to cover the huge choir and the huge orchestra that you know was in the Verdi Requiem. <laughs> it's just breath breathtaking. Sorry, use the pun. Breathtaking, <laughs> breathtaking. Yeah, but, um, truly. It, she was amazing. She, she, her voice reminds me a bit of the jo- Joan Sutherland or a Birgit Nilsson kind of voice. It was just immense with a great beauty to it as well. You know, Eileen, I'm going to bring in Eileen uh, Gleeson from Cork Opera House now. And good morning to Eileen and thank you for joining me. And sorry for dropping your line earlier as well. But, you know, when it comes to, I suppose, the opera concerts, which you instigated when you took over the role of CEO in the Opera House, that made such a difference to capturing and building and capitalising on that electricity about opera in Cork at the time. And Carol would have been front and centre of so many of those opera concerts as well. Yes, Elmarie, and good morning. And I, I understand your... Um, your nervousness to, I suppose, to do justice to Cara and to, you know, celebrate her um, 
and to invite, I suppose, all of the music community to celebrate her. And we wouldn't have had that opportunity to do that at her funeral this year. So, um, so I just want to thank you for the opportunity to let us do that. And yes, like Cara's uh, our relationship with the Opera House is, was, you know, a long, long and fruitful relationship. And she just was just the most incredible woman. You know, I think for me, and yes, you're right about the opera concerts, she played a huge part in that. And I suppose one of the reasons why we put that program in place when I joined the company was because there was such a rich uh, um, environment of opera and it was such a rich, uh, like, landscape. And, I mean, Cara was at the, absolutely at the top of that, you know. And it was really important to me that we celebrate that in Cork and that we do everything we can to give a platform to these performers. I mean, Cara was just, like... She was just the most phenomenal singer and just the most phenomenal Cork talent. And if I can, um, Anne-Marie, I just want to talk about Cara's relationship with the audiences. I mean, and I suppose we would see that kind of tangible relationship even when she did those opera concerts. They adored her. I've never seen anything like it. They just adored her. She was, like, I suppose the came, what came with Cara was this complete and utter presence a comfortable presence she was comfortable in herself and her relationship with the with the audience was so incredibly comfortable she it wouldn't be unusual for Cara to stop in the middle of the concert and have a big conversation with somebody in the audience you know <laughs> yes. she just was like there's no airs and graces and you know often with this with this I suppose with opera it's an intimidating art form and it can be for people but there was just no barriers with Cara you know, she gave mm. the people what they wanted and not only that, but she wasn't afraid to come and, you know, to, to, to give them the the music that they wanted to hear, but she also challenged the audiences. I mean, you know, she could go from, you know, the biggest opera house stage in the world to, you know, City Hall, you know, where people were coming to see her perform with the local choir. Like, that was Cara. You know, she was completely selfless with her talent. And I think just for me, I suppose the standout of her the standout for me in the, in the short time that I got to work with Cara was, you know, just to watch her relationship with the, with the patrons. I, I have never seen anything like it. It was very, very special. And um, she was very funny and she was just a breath of fresh air. Thank you so much, Eileen. Dennis, I'm going to bring you back in again because I know that besides, uh, I suppose, your role with the Everyman and besides your role as being a chorister for um, singing with Cork O'Shawn and things like that, were you telling me something about a night in Collins Barracks after hours or something? <laughs> Uh, I was. I, I think it was one after the uh, Deirdre Tuma, Barrow Tuma's uh, inspired concerts, um, and maybe may the army band or whatever was involved in it. But uh, uh, the 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 officers' mess was always uh, open to hospitality, shall we say, after after one of those concerts, and uh, the the great and the good would go there and uh, a sing song developed, shall we say, at the. Uh, I've uh, no uh, doubt. <laughs> after drinks and canapes or whatever and uh, there was the bowl lady in the middle of it all singing everything from one fine day to uh, you know the, the most outrageous local ditty and yeah. uh, she she was just so such super fun with that you know that little pixie grin in in her face uh, and, and uh, quipping jokes and you know just keeping the entire company amused as she did with every time she and in my experience, stepping on the stage with her, you know, in a chorus line, I mean, she was always poking fun at at the chorus and maybe, um, you know, poking fun behind his back at maybe a pompous conductor. <laughs> not you, Keith, not you. And, and, uh, so, you know something, so, I have to say, I, I, I really appreciate the three of you taking the time to talk to us this morning and share some of those stories. And I know I have so many other people I want to try and get in as well on the phones. Now that, please God, I'll, I'll do it properly. Thanks to the three of you for joining us this morning. And we're going to move with maybe another little uh, aspect of Cara at her fun side, because we obviously play so much on the programme that has to do with the musical side. This is a little out take of when Cara was making an appearance I think it was probably on today with uh, Maura and Dahi on RTE1 and uh, it was coming up to Christmas and she was brought on to sing something but while the sound technicians and crew and everything were getting ready to go live, Cara was still mugging for the cameras away herself I'm dreaming of a white Christmas not just like the one I used to know where the 
rooftops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas with every Christmas card I write. May your days be merry and bright, and may all your Christmases be white. Not. I have to say that uh, some of the stories that are being told about Cara O'Sullivan in the last number of days would just make you smile. You know, yeah. I mean, like God Almighty, in the middle of our sadness, we're, we're roaring laughing and some people are sending lovely texts and memories this morning. Mary Mulcahy sent in a lovely one. She said, uh, I first met Cara in 1988 when as a young student in UCC, I was appointed musical director of Fermoy Choral Society and both Cara and I were singing students of Bobby Bear, although she was a graduate at the stage. The Merry Widow was the first big show I was due to do and Cara was the ideal widow. It was her first leading lady role and she was stunning. The crystal vocals. She asked, I can't believe this, Mary, in her text, she says, that Cara asked to sing Velia in a higher key than in the score. (laughs) 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 And it was the most spectacular, glorious rendition anyone ever heard. Cara's stellar career came as no surprise as anyone who was privileged to hear her just knew she was destined to go global. And subsequently, she was a very good friend, wise and generous. And Mary writes that when her dad died, Cara volunteered to perform in Mary's place at a concert which she was due to do. So she stuck in there. And what a lucky audience and how fortunate we all were to have known such a beautiful, kind, and gloriously talented woman. Mary, thank you for that message so, so much. Mary Mulcahy, of course, O'Sullivan from the Cork School of Music. And speaking of Velia, or Delia, as Cara <laughs> always called it, those high notes are something else, but she lived for music and she lived for art.
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. the sound there of the RTE Concert Orchestra conducted by David Brophy and it's the theme from Once Upon a Time in the West and Carol Sullivan is on YouTube recording and making that recording with the orchestra. She's standing there in her jeans and a stripy top and just the sound is incredible. I'm joined on the line now by Pat Talbot and by Linda Kenny and by John O'Brien. It's lovely to have the three of you on the phone this morning. John, you would have conducted again so many concerts in front of an orchestra with Carol but also you travelled on so many tours with her as a pianist, didn't you? Hi, Anne-Marie. Yeah, um, we had such, oh my God, we had such brilliant times. Um, <laughs> I was reminded there the other day, um, myself and Kira Moroni did a, a kind of a two piano <laughs> together tour yes. with, with Cara and with John Malloy as well with the, um, the bass baritone singing. And... Like it was from the most sublime, beautiful music to the the kind of most hilarious anecdotes and stories, and yeah, yeah. it was such great fun. Um, yeah, because that that was one of the, I suppose, a hallmark of some of Cara's concerts as well was that she would, like Eileen have said, have stopped to have a conversation with the audience in the middle of something or had a little anecdote. And I know, I know, she would have been giving me welly over what was after happening with the phone lines earlier on this morning. You know, no better woman. And thanks be to God for all of that humour. I think that she brought. To all of those concerts but I mean you know I suppose the same for you Linda good morning good the morning. same for you would have been um, yourself and John and myself many's the time in the sacristies of churches before concerts or backstage and stuff like that and you know it was never boring well I I have to say that you know I mean Cara dominated the world stages but the big thing I think for Cork audiences, the amount of people in the last few days that have said to me, can you remember her singing Climb Every Mountain? Climb Every Mountain in the uh, production, the Cork Opera House production of um, 
the sound of music was just amazing. People, it was the end of the first half, a close of the first half, and people jumped to their feet every single night. And I, I think that brought Cara into the minds of people who would never maybe have gone to those opera concerts or, you know, listened to classical music. And yeah. as Eileen said, the relatability of it was just amazing. But the thing about Cara, and it's interesting when you talk about sacristans and everything, I was actually thinking that was probably one of the first productions that she and I had done together because we had parallel existence. We were just great buddies um, going up. Um, she was ahead of me and I, we just had you know, probably similar friends and a shared love of music and singing. She was wickedly humour and the best friend with a heart like as big as a lioness. And I, I just wanted to say about her that like the thing about Cara for all all the people who all her friends, we would say that how kind she was behind the scenes. You know, her sublime talent was you know, in a different league, but she was an amazing, amazing friend, dedicated and loyal and would have no qualms about stepping in to help someone at the drop of a hat, um, selfless, you know, and gave herself to loads of different charities behind the scenes, never wanted fanfare or public acclaim, and uh, that was a huge defining characteristic of her. For me, anyway, it was. I mean, it is, isn't it? And 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 I know that certainly. Um, you were telling me a story the other day about the the sound of music, and everyone remembers her role as the mother abbess in that, and Mm -hmm. you know how much she loved it. But um, that linking into that just pure generous nature of hers. Well, I had we had we had a scene where you know uh, I I played the Baroness, and I was saying goodbye to the Captain Von Trapp because he was you know, spurning my advances and going with Maria. And it was a moment where it should have been full of pathos and I was taking off the engagement ring to gift him. But that particular night, the engagement ring would move on my finger. And what a, mo- a moment that should have been tragic and upsetting was kind of almost a giggle moment. And so I eventually got it off and off I went. The following night in my dressing table, here is a little um, tube of hand cream from Cara. <laughs> so it would never happen again. And just one other story. I actually was in the horrors on weekend. I lost my voice and I had a couple of concerts coming up. I rang her. I said, what What am I going to do? And Cara said, come up to me straight away. And when I went in to her, she offered me tea. She said, sit down now. I just want to say one thing to you. I have nothing on at the end of this week. So I can do all of those concerts for you. I do not want one single cent. I just want you to know now that you do not have to stress anymore. Put that to one side. And then she spent the week just like helping me, motivating me, telling me what to do to warm my, like she was unbelievable. Just that rock of support. That's what I'm just saying that like behind the scenes, this was who she was, a rock um, and so loyal and dedicated and fiercely loyal. Uh, Amazing. A wonderful, wonderful friend. I mean, John, you wrote a beautiful piece for her in yesterday's Examiner. And I know that was probably hard to write so soon in, in, in the days just after her, 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 her death. I find it hard to say, guys. I really do. But, um, you know, I, I think so many people appreciated being able to sit and read the paper and mull over that and, and be with that. Yeah, it was, it, it was both, um, it was very sad to do that and very hard to do that, but it was also kind of cathartic and kind of lovely to like go back and think through all the memories of things of like 20 years of work together. And, you know, you kind of forget when you're just moving through things, but when you like stop and pause and look back at all of the bits and things, um, yeah, it was very lovely to do that. And I, I was really like um, honored and proud to be um, asked to do that as well, you know. I think it really was so beautifully done. And if anyone hasn't seen John's piece, it's in it's in a yesterday's Examiner. Pat Talbot, of course, would be known to so many of us as a producer of so many productions. And Pat, obviously, those tours that went around the country, an evening with you were you were part of that and supporting Cara through those. Yes. Good morning, uh, Anne Marie. Good morning, everybody. Yes, indeed. Um, Cara, Cara was a star, first and foremost. I, uh, and I don't mean that in any flippant way, um, but, but Cara had this extraordinary ability uh, beyond, you know, appearing in operas uh, and beyond appearing in, in musicals and, and making the impact that she used to make uh, in those. But she had the ability to go on a stage, be it the Cock Opera House stage, be it the Sydney Opera House, be it the Royal Albert Hall, be it the Ballymaloo Grain Store. That's it. 
she, she, she had that ability to go on stage and to compel an audience all on her own uh, for between two and three hours. Uh, that was an extraordinary ability that she had. And I, I'm not necessarily uh, an opera buff or a classical music buff. You know, I, I'm a playman first and foremost. Um, but what, what I responded to uh, in Cara was that extraordinary, extraordinary command she had of the theatre, of the stage, of auditoria. She had an unerring ability to understand an audience, to understand the needs of an audience. She had an extraordinary ability to move that audience, to make that audience laugh, to make that audience cry. Um, she, she was unique in that respect. It, 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 is, it is no mean ability, you know, to be able to go on a stage um, and, and, and compel an audience like that for, for between two and three hours. But, um, but she... What, what I really admired about her also was that um, she always knew what she wanted to do. She, she had the, you know, she, she, did a, she conducted a lot of her career on her own terms. That's for sure. She, she, she didn't just, you know, wait for the phone to ring, so to speak, in, in terms of, you know, appearing in operas uh, and musicals, and, 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 and she did many, many of those. But she was very proactive as well in creating her own space, in creating her own shows. Um, and I, I worked with her quite a bit on her own uh, solo show, um, which, which was hugely entertaining uh, as, as much as it was, you know, musically stimulating. Um, it, it, it was a wonderful sort of portrait of, of Cara herself, but also, I suppose, a celebration of, of that wonderful rapport uh, that she had with her audience, and, and particularly in Cork. Um, but she was very direct um, you know uh, she told you exactly what was on her mind um, and, uh, but at the same time you know um, knowing what she wanted you know she was able to communicate that to you like very very clearly uh, I mean I remember so often ringing her you know and saying Carol what about this and there'd be a pause and she'd say <laughs> no I, I wouldn't be interested in that now at all <laughs> okay. Uh, another month later, you know, uh, Karen, what about this? As an idea for a show. Uh, no, no, I wouldn't be interested in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what about this, she'd say to me, you know? Yes. And, and for instance, um, um, one of the last things we did, and John will remember this, uh, was um, again, this was one of my phone calls saying, what about this? I won't tell you what it was. But I said, no, 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 I wouldn't be interested in that now at all. Um, but, um, but what about this? I've always had it in my mind, she said, to do an evening of duets with Magella Culler. And that became uh, Cara Magella Together, um, which was premiered in The Everyman, I think, in 2017. Um, you know, and I remember meeting her for coffee and sitting down and talking about this idea. And, and it was fully formed in her head. Yeah. Uh, John will attest to that. You know, she, <laughs> she knew exactly what she wanted to do. Um, she knew, um, you know, the pieces of music. She knew the balance she would have to achieve between the really heavy, intense kind of areas and the lighter side, you know, for the audience. And in respect of doing business with her, you know, discussing money and all the rest of it, you had that discussion once and once only. Yeah. It was never, ever mentioned again. And you know, and, and she, I, she would I, have had, sorry for interrupting, Pat, just no. because you've mentioned Magella, and I really do want to bring Magella in. Yeah. So we're going to have to take a quick ad break so that I can do that, because I just wouldn't feel right if I wasn't talking uh, to Magella and Mary as well this morning. So yeah. I'm going to say a massive thank you to you, Pat, Pat Talbot and Linda Kenny and John O'Brien. And uh, I will be back straight away. But we're going to let the next little sound here to Cara again. Thank you all so much. Thanks, Cork's ninety six FM and C one oh three. The Arts House. 
And you're very welcome back to the programme. And I'm delighted to be joined now by Magella Culler and Mary Hegarty and Joe Corbett. Good morning to the three of you. Good morning, Elmarie. Good morning, And listen, uh, the three of you, I suppose simplified, sim- symbolised for me, I suppose, the sadness of us all uh, for the day of the funeral when, you know, it, otherwise the entire church, the cathedral every cathedral, the biggest cathedral in the country would have been filled for Calla, we'd have lifted the roof for her, the streets would have been lined, the traffic would have been stopped and yet, there you were, you know, some of her closest friends like us all, watching online it was really, really hard, wasn't it? Mary, you take this one woman <laughs> it was. It was just you were. It just all seems so surreal. I remember even texting Magella saying, "Look, you know, Carver's funeral will probably start that." And then I thought, "My God, what have I just written or said?" You know, it just seems seems wrong. Yeah. You know, so it was hard, and yet it was lovely. You know, I suppose we felt we we had to be together. There was no question about myself and Magella, and then Joe as well. And we just felt, you know, we've done. We've been friends a long 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 time so it was it was nice to I suppose to say goodbye together really it was had to be had to be you know, Pat was talking about that tour that yourself and Cara did, Magella, and I remember having coffee inside in Cara's house with the two of you when we were chatting ahead of that particular show, and the crack that there was at the table <laughs> was just the best ever. You know what? Um, I'm going to play a piece now that uh, really, really made me giggle when I was listening back to that particular interview when I was asking the two of you about the kind of music you had chosen to sing at this particular performance. We directed it towards popular stuff and, and what the audience mm-hmm. love. Yeah. No, that that that's don't go there, Cara. No, we no because along the way, along the way, there were a few intense discussions. Uh, I mean, uh, with repertoire choices, because again, I mean, Cara, myself, you know, we're we're uh, we're both. Uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of Cara and her voice and her career and, and, ditto. and ditto. But we would also, because we're different people, and we have some different musical sensibilities as well. You know, so so there are certain things, certain kinds of music that I would um, be drawn to and would appeal to me. Are you uh, saying that, are you trying to be polite and say that Cara picked a song and you said, no way in hell? Is well, that that's, I, well, I think over my you, dead body was the expression you, I remember. <laughs> Elmarie, you got it in one. I did, I did. Okay. Cara's talking about the catuate, the Rossini catuate, which she finds hilarious and I do not. So um, so I won that battle because we're not doing that one. As, as they say, doctors different, patients die. Oh, listen, listen. Thank you, both of you. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was impossible to ever do an interview with Cara without her. Yeah, but she would get through the business of it and she would definitely talk about whatever charity she was sporting. And by God, did she sing for charities uh, for years all over the country. But... There was ne- there was always a bit of messing as well. I mean, that's just an emblematic, Magella, of the crack there would have been, isn't there? Oh, totally. It's actually wonderful to hear her raucous laughter <laughs> yeah. again because that was always a, a big feature and everything. And to tell you the truth, I I, I, I always found it hard to keep up with Cara because Cara's brain, um, I, I, I'm sort of a slower burn of a person, but she was always uh, 10 million miles ahead of me with everything, so... <laughs> It, it always everything we did was high octane um, with me tr- uh, doing 200% and it was just sort of uh, Cara's normal operating level <laughs> um, but uh, I mean laughter was never far from, yeah. from uh, uh, the experience when you worked with Cara because oh, yeah. Yeah. I, and I suppose as well, we we had such an amazing um, uh, friendship that we could be brutally frank with each other. Mm. Um, and it was funny because last, last night I just couldn't sleep. And I mean, obviously, um, my head has been full of Cara and Joe and Mary have been kind of minding me and I've been minding them and we've been kind of just comforting each other. But I, I out of curiosity, I went back and, and to see how many, um, t- how far text messages go back on your phone. And they were sort of text messages from about 2011. So about 10 years worth of text messages. Oh. And I think I went through all of them last night and it just uh, um, jumped out at me the usual, you know, what do you do for lunch? Will we go for coffee? The, the stuff. But but the, uh, the amount of times that we were both cheerleading each other 
other. Yeah. You know, when, every time there was a gig coming up, there yeah. was always, you know, you can do it and you'll be great. And, and uh, as Cara would say, rev it up, girl, and give it fucking holly. <laughs> yeah. and, and, there was, and, then, and then there'd be the gig and there'd be, uh, that was amazing. You were a star. Mm. There was, this was over a 10-year period constantly supporting the support that she, uh, she gave me. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I didn't actually realize there were incessant amount of text messages. We seem to be texting each other every five minutes. Um, I, I didn't really realize that. Um, but Isn't it, it just fantastic, you know, when you have girlfriends who lift you up and support you like that and, yeah. and that, you know, just true, true heart friends, like not just colleagues. I mean, Mary, I suppose yourself and Cara and Magella, the three of yeah. you came through the School of Music, not quite at the same time, but within no. spitting distance of each other. The three of you all travelled away. The three of you all sang abroad. The three of you yeah. all came home. It was an incredible arc of a journey for the, the three of you in a way. Do you remember your first time I, around the school music with with Cara? I do, actually. I was sort of little head. I was head of the girls in the Elder Lemon. Um, I was I was ahead of them, and I suppose. Then I, I took off before them, because I remember, you know, in contact every, every week with mum and dad at home, and dad saying, well, Cara did this today, or Majella did that, you know. So they were getting all the... <laughs> yeah. uh, it was lovely. We were keeping up with everything. And then we met and we did... We actually did a seraglio in Garsington up from um, Cara and myself and she was Constanza and I was blonde to her maid and by God did she enjoy bossing me around the place I'm <laughs> telling you but, but then the crack we had between the two cross ones in, 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 I mean I learned things I'd never heard before from her you know so um, it was lovely and trying to get them all to speak with the cross of the Irish accent so and those were the fun bits but as Michelle it's a genuine the genuine friendship and support that was there I wouldn't have been in contact with her as much as Michelle but we both can we were at the other end of the phone if we ever, ever, ever needed. And that's, that's, that was the joy of Cara, you know, just a true, true, genuine, genuine friend, you know. I know that uh, for Cork to have three sopranos like the three of you, I mean, in, in one sense, we adore all of you, obviously, individually. But, you know, any one of you would sell out the opera house on your own, no matter what was going on. But collectively, whenever the three of you would be singing together, people went into stratospheric <laughs> conniptions with excitement about the three of you together. Like, did you laugh about that backstage or did that oh, ever yeah. kind of get something that you talked about as a trio? We said, no, we, I think we're all, we were all so different. That's what's lovely. Different personalities, different voices even, so that there was never any... Because I remember somebody saying to me, God, you must be at each other's throats. And I said, why? <laughs> <laughs> of course we're not. You know, there was never any problem with who's saying what or... Um, yeah, you do that and I'll do that and off we go. I mean, Miguel will back me up on that. It was, that was the joy of it. There was none of this scrapping that people seemed to think. Because I had a text from somebody the other day saying, somebody who's not from Cork and they were saying, you know, you're... Um, like, like, like the friendship and that it's amazing, the three of you, and that if there was any place else, you'd have been at each other's throats. You know, we said, not at all. You know, there was too much, we were genuinely supportive of each other all the time, and that's, you know, that anybody who knows us absolutely will know that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. There's some lovely messages coming in on the text lines uh, and on the WhatsApp. And uh, yeah. John Gerald Reardon, of course, people would remember from City Hall, and he was saying, um, while recognising that she possessed a voice that was truly sublime, I always loved chatting with her too because she had a razor sharp sense of humour and the warmest personalities, was yeah. a wonderful friend and so generous to everyone in City Hall, always made herself available yeah. for charity events, yeah. national yeah. days of commemoration, Lord Mayor's Christmas concerts the freedom of the city for Ronan O'Gara and so much more. And uh, another message I, I loved uh, seeing coming in, uh, this is from Tomás McCarthy from the Cork Youth Orchestra who said he's so hard to believe that such a strong human like Cara is gone. I'm sure she's singing her heart out in a better place to a captive audience. I first met Cara during my teaching diploma in the School of Music because Tomás took singing lessons for a few years with Bobby Bear himself and Bobby was always singing the praises of Cara and said she was really going to go somewhere and Tomás says his first concert with Cara was in City Hall in 1991 with the Cork Youth Orchestra no matter what she was singing whether it was uh, O Mio Babino or the Song to the Moon she made each song her own and had the most amazing connection with the audience and he goes on actually to describe some fantastic recordings he has of Cara down through the years with the Cork Youth Orchestra and so on and I thought that, you know weren't we so blessed that there are so many fantastic recordings of, of her yes. individually yes. and with big orchestras 
because like Keith yeah. was sharing the, the Verdi Requiem earlier on. Magella, did you record that uh, evening that you went around doing? Did you make recordings of that? Do you know, I don't think we did. Oh, oh what for the God's sake. I, I just, no. Oh. Yeah. <coughs> I blame, blame Patrick Talbot for oh, that Oh, well, we will, <laughs> Pat, and he's gone there. off the phone now. <laughs> i passed the book. Indeed. Listen, uh, another person who's on the line with us is Joe Corbett from London, um, all the way from London. I mean, Joe, like there you were. I, I thought it was really sweet that Mary and Magella included you in the sitting room to, to watch Cara's funeral and to, to light a candle and and. and be witness to her funeral the other day together, but very hard, you know, for people who were colleagues of of Cara's to be so far away and so separated and uh, feel honestly, so cut I, off. I, wasn't I, it? I have friends from Cork over here, Cockle and you know all sorts of people around the country here who were watching online, and uh, it, it feels so cut off. So it was lovely to be with uh, Mary and Magella and and to be able to share it. It's so moving, and you know the, the girls did so much together uh, and they touch a rapport and they, they mind each other you know and it was very touching to see that for me as well as the funeral and uh, to see the girls responding and it, it's heartbreaking but, uh, it is I now I know you would have shared a stage with Cara for for many operatic concerts and things like that as well which was lovely to come back we were talking about the strange relationship there is between musicians and actors as well I suppose where you know you're come together for rehearsals you do a show you create magic you're in each other's pockets there's all sorts of swapping of stuff going on in the dressing rooms and frantic and then perfect when you walk out on stage and then the show is over honestly, and everyone leaves honestly honestly. so you, so you have to mind each other really I mean, you have to look after the people around you as well. And she was fantastic at that. She was incredibly relaxed and funny. And no matter what the pressure was, you know, always felt it was going to be fine, you know. And uh, even when things went wrong, she handled it so brilliantly because she was so easy with the audience. Uh, and they loved her for that, you know. And things went and, wrong um, for you before a concert in City Hall and she kind of sorted it out, didn't she? Well, she... <laughs> <laughs> come on, Joe. Every, 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 oh, I was on stage with tell the story. Come on, come on, come on. Well, I was on stage with Mary and Magella, and Mary had just sung this. It's a show called Side by Side by Sondheim, which Pat directed and John played for at the Everyman and Kira. And uh, Mary sang this beautiful song called Losing My Mind, and I got so absorbed in what she was doing. But I was miles away, and suddenly I heard this music, and it was my song starting, and I didn't know where I was. And I went all over the place, and I had to start again. And then I lost it again, and Cara was in the front row going, come on, Joe, we can hear you all night, it'll be grand. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was a, I just, just cut the tension, and yeah. everybody laughed, and it really rescued me from what was really embarrassing, and uh, turned it into a plus, really. You know, she was so relaxed in any situation, you know, even in the audience like that, she just felt it was okay to be part of it, and she knew it would work, and... She smoothed the whole thing over. She really did. And you know, Linda earlier on was saying about how Cara dropped a little pot of moisturiser into the dressing room for her. And it wasn't any just moisturiser, by the way. It wasn't Nivea or anything at all. She was a nice little tub of Occitan or whatever way you pronounce that, I'm not sure. But she helped you out with your makeup as well, Joe. She did. I managed to smack my nose on a cupboard door a few days before a concert and turned up with a big plaster on my nose. And she said, you know, we can't have that. So she sat me down in her dressing room, <laughs> took out her makeup and camouflaged it. And uh, I looked like nothing on earth. Uh, up close, but from a distance, from a distance, you probably fine. looked like Cara at the end of it. You never It was <laughs> the same shade. Anyway, we, um, we had a laugh. She looked after me again, you know. She was... Uh, she minded you. She was lovely. Yeah, she did. She was lovely. And it, it's amazing, Elmarie, that show that Joe was talking about, side by side by Sondheim. She came to that show three times. She did. Yeah. And and I, uh, you know, I said, Carrie, you're here again. What's going on? And she said, Well, girl, I keep laughing so much, I miss half of it. <laughs> <laughs> and so she had to. She kept having to come back to 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 hear the bits she'd missed. <laughs> oh, listen, you know, this is this is what I miss about funerals right now. They're so lonesome and my my heart just went out to Christine and the entire family yeah. because, you know, by rights, we should all have been there. Cork would have been there yeah. Uh, yeah, and we yeah. would have been there for each other. And it's funny, you know, John O'Brien was saying how you, you can have a kind of a musical family that's totally separate to your, your, your own family. And, uh, you know, it's only when a 
somebody dies and people come together and start sharing stories that you actually find out things about your loved ones and your relations that you never knew and never heard before and uh, I think we've all been kind of deprived from from sharing all of those stories besides of course celebrating the high brow music that Cara would have excelled at to the concerts or to where she would have started a sing song on an aeroplane you know uh, she would have started to those who sat and just came to Costa just because they knew she was going to come and and possibly sing there and we were all broken hearted and uh, I just can't thank you all enough for helping me recover when I made a mess of the phones this morning and I was so nervous I was so uh, nervous it did make me laugh Elmarie because I mean I know Cara would have been on and on at you I know. Did you not get up <laughs> early enough for something, Elmarie? <laughs> uh, but listen, I, I seriously, I want to thank you, Elmarie, for giving us the opportunity to talk about Carrot this morning because, as you said, it's something, and especially my heart breaks for Christine, her daughter, and yeah. all the family, that, uh, the, you know, the, the, the concept of the, the, a funeral gives you that possibility to be kind of enveloped by uh, by all of these stories and, and kind of it gets you through these difficult days and they've been deprived of that so and and all of us as well so it's, yeah. it's just um, it, we really appreciate you know, so giving the opportunity yeah. just to chat and talk about her and share memories and I know your listeners as well they have so many memories because oh. Cara touched yeah. so many Everybody. people's lives and was such a, had such generosity of spirit that that we all need to just we have no sort of avenue to put all our grief and um, all our memories. So thanks so much, Elmarie. Yeah. You know, what I'm going to say also as well is Fiona O'Reilly sang so beautifully for the funeral and Patrick Colleen played so beautifully on the organ. And right, it's, it's, it's bizarre that we have run out of time to play the final song this morning because it is oh. exactly the final hymn that our song that was sung at Cara's funeral where the sound also got cut. Uh, <laughs> now, if that's not Cara messing with us, I don't know what don't it is. Know. So here, here's a deal I'm going to make with you and indeed with the listeners because I was saying it to Patrick Colleen last night on Facebook. I am going to add this particular song into the podcast which we will upload this afternoon so that people oh, can lovely. tune into the podcast afterwards uh, and hear it and hopefully people will skip over me messing the phone lines at the beginning and just uh, enjoy <laughs> our memories of Cara we, we're not finished talking about her that's for sure oh, no. that's Absolutely. for sure well, and uh, you know her memory will live on guys thank Thanks, you Thanks, thank you Thanks, and thank you indeed Thanks, to Cara and to all our listeners Slán Slán Misty morning when the moon has gone to bed, when the sparrows stop their singing and the sky is clear and red, when the summer ceased its gleaming, when the corn is past its prime, when adventure's lost its meaning, I'll be homeward bound in time. Bind me not to the pasture,
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.